Welcome back to another episode of your favorite SEO podcast. This is the Rankable Podcast. My name is Garrett Sussman. I'm the host. I'm from iPoll Rank. And today I'm talking, we're, we're going to geek over, over structured data and schema. I'm so excited. I am joined by the director of SEO at iPoll Rank, the one, the only, Zach Chahalas. Thank you for joining me, Zach. Yeah, thank you for having me. Dude, you've been all over in SEO. I mean, you've do, you've done a little bit of in-house, a ton of agency, working with Fortune 500, fintech. You know, done some paid. You you love analytics. But give me a quick run through of the career. Like, what are what are yeah. some of the highlights? Yeah, um, it all kind of started with me a majoring in marketing in college. I, I went for a bachelor of business administration, concentrating in marketing. But B, I started an IT company back when I was in high school, and I did custom computer builds, IT work, networking, all of that. And, you know, my love for marketing kind of grew and morphed into that. So I ended up having some clients I worked with where I was doing their day-to-day IT stuff. And it was a, a, a brand that did Gulf Coast beach rentals. And I started working with them and, and the whole thing was like, hey, you know, we're running into some issues with our website, not getting any traffic. Um, I know you're a marketing major. Is this something that you'd be interested in poking in around? I'm like, yeah, sure. Happy to. It seems interesting. And started poking around, basically, you know, started learning SEO on my own, started self-training and realized, hey, they built their entire site in Flash. So, you know, this would have been 20, 2009, 2010, um, which, Ooh. you know, never worked anyway. So helped them rebuild the site in WordPress, optimize them, help them grow their traffic and realize, hey, I really love doing this. So I ended up getting a job with an agency, started as an intern, doing link building, doing all that. That would have been sophomore, junior year of college. Um, and then I went full time with that agency while I was still in school. So as I kind of finished up, you know, I had been with that agency for about a year, year and a half at that point um, and was just looking for something different. So I went to another agency, both in Atlanta. Um, the second agency was called Search Discovery, started there. I was there for about seven years. Um, and within that, I work with clients of really any shape and size from like small local businesses to Fortune 500 retailers, Fortune 100 retailers, brands like that. Um, was looking for something a little bit different. You know, I learned a lot during my time at Search Discovery. I got the opportunity to play with analytics and pay the other things to your point. Uh, but ended up going in-house working with a company called Global Payments Inc. for about a little shy of two years. Um, where I was the director of inbound marketing analytics and insights there. Um, so basically, I led up everything related to SEO, paid, and the analytics aspects for the brand um, before I came here to iPoll rank at the end of June. That I mean, that's cool. And the greatest thing with the agency experience is you really see, you know, every this, that, and the other thing when it comes to all the different yep. types of problems. Like, as you mentioned, like small website, large website, complete like different industries completely different issues and i feel like it's funny like when you are in-house you you it's like one of those things where you learn the depth you learn the context inside and out but when you're an agency there's so many different unique situations you run into like what are some of the things you've seen yeah and that was the funny thing is like all the brands i work with none of the agencies i work with specialized in one particular area when i was working with them so you know i would hop on a call where it's a retailer, you know, full-scale e-commerce type site. Then I would go to a hotel brand and I would go to a home services type of industry or a home builder. Um, I worked with colleges. 
and you saw so many different types of things that were going on there. And I started focusing on technical because I ended up working with so many replatformings during the course of my mm. career. I've probably done at this point 40 plus replatformings or some form of migration or redesign um, with a website. So within that, you you start to see kind of everything. You see random canonicalization issues, you see redirect problems, you see internal linking problems, um, sitemap issues, internationalization, and kind of working through all that, it's it's a great opportunity on the agency side because you get to see all those different things. And that's kind of what I miss going in-house. I love working in-house. It was a great opportunity for me. Um, but when you start to work with one brain, you go, Hi, I kind of wonder what's going on over there. And, you know, kind of miss the ability to work in some other spaces and um, play with some different things. But yeah, you really got to see a little bit of everything. And you, you mentioned the retail, and I know it's a personal interest of you is schema and structured data. A few weeks ago, you and I actually did a Black Friday SEO webinar where, yep. you know, that was, that was very much the theme. What's what's the obsession? What's the interest, um, the seed of the interest when it comes to structured data? Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting to me. I started right around when Google really began promoting it. And, you know, back then it was more so focused on microdata. There, there, you ran into so many issues with the limitations of that, right? Because it had to be within certain sections of the code. You could only really mark up what was actually marked up in the actual HTML itself. And as Google kind of started to call out the value of doing this, but also expand into things like JSON-LD schema, you know, I kind of started just playing with that and going, huh, I wonder what I could code in here. And I began playing with some some of the brands I was working with. So I worked with a hotel chain, for example, and Google started building out all of the schema information that was going on in the hotel realm. And we were able to mark up things like the location, the hazmat tying into our Google business profile or Google My Business back in the day and even before that. Yeah. Um, and adding in hotel amenities and all the features and the relationship I started to see between Google taking that information, digesting it, and then reflecting it in search, or taking that data to validate other information, I just found to be really fascinating. So I always start to look for, hey, what are areas of opportunity that a site could enhance their structured data, whether that be you know an organization or a corporation and a deeper level of structured data in there, or local business, or products, or solutions, breadcrumbs, article markup. And it's really kind of drilling into all that and figuring out, it's almost like a puzzle. What are the what are the features I can mark up and how do I get that in here? And what should be dynamically injected? What should be static? And, you know, I don't want to say one and done, but at least like, you know, a little bit of hands-off maintenance where some things could just be dynamically injected as the page is rendered. Well, especially at scale, you know, and, and especially with a lot of moving parts, it's interesting that you had such that intro into hotels because it makes sense with the way that Google almost fo- focused on that vertical and yeah. like introduced so many SERP enhancements just based on the hospitality and travel industry. You must have yep. been like, oh, well, this is big. Yeah. And that was the thing is we started seeing the benefit of that. We also started seeing it with e-commerce sites and retail and that was a big one I got to play with. I worked with some larger scale retail brands and we're sitting there going, all right, 
how do we keep up with the Amazons, the Best Buys, the Walmarts, the Targets, the big box retailers? And we start to try and find ways to innovate that structured data there. Um, that became a dramatic opportunity. And we started testing it at a small scale, um, looking at ranking impact, looking at click-through rate impact, uh, and what was going on. And we were able to justify you know, use cases of expanding that out. And it started allowing us to compete more with those bigger brands that we were going up against. That it's really interesting, specifically as you mentioned with e-commerce and products, because recently Google's been obviously focusing, it seems a lot more on products, not only with the product review update, but introducing more structured data for products, providing these opportunities, pros and cons. How are you looking at that space and what direction do you think it's going in? I think Google's trying to get a handle on it right now, right? That seems to be the big thing. Hey, we're on the fifth product review update or some variation of. Um, there's been so many sites that are spamming from the e-commerce perspective or affiliate marketing and things that are kind of tying in there. And I think Google's trying to get a handle on that. I mean, you still see these instances where these just really poor experience sites or spammy sites are still performing for those e-commerce phrases. Hey, I want to buy X. And you start seeing these sites just don't belong there. So I think Google's getting smarter and understanding that more, but they're also continuing to evaluate it and kind of fine tune those signals. And I think scheme is a big part of that. When it comes to those Fortune 500s, like and the, and either the big box brands or or the retailers, how many of them, from your experience, are implementing structured data, or how much are still playing cool. catch up at this point? The the amount actually implementing structured data to me is oftentimes very low and it's kind of sad, right? Really? So I can't tell you the number of times I've started either auditing a site, looking at something, um, just poking around a competitor. And most of them are not doing structured data either at all. And there's just no information there. Or if they are doing it, it's minimal. Like, hey, here's a product name and an image. And that's not a bad start. At least you're doing something. But there's so many fields and opportunities that they're not taking advantage of. If I, I can't imagine saying it's more than 20% of the sites that I look at are doing it well. That, I wonder, so here, here's where I'm curious. If, if you think, do you, like, what is the barrier to doing it well? Is it not understanding the value? Is it the technical limitations? Is like, why, are, why is that not the case? Because it seems obvious to us. I, I feel like it's all of the above. And maybe a third function is like how to actually write and structure it, right? So I do think there's people that don't understand the value and the benefit. When I work with, you know, that retailer scenario was, hey, we need to figure out how this slots into our priority. If we do this purely based on dev, we dynamically build it, we may not be able to slot this into our queue for a year, prove the value to us so that we can justify doing this now. And that was a big proof case of saying, hey, let's take 30 products and we'll manually write the scripts. We tested it by dropping it in through Google Tag Manager and we just dropped them in on those particular URLs. And what we saw is like, hey, your rankings actually went up as much as Google says that that's often not the case. The rankings went up. On average, we went up five positions. Um, and you know, when you're talking a notable enough retailer, we're talking like going from seventh to second. And then the click-through rate impact of that, which also had the rich snippet benefit. Now we were getting our pricing availability and review ratings showing up in there. It, 
a lot of brands, I just, they don't see the value of investing and doing it dynamically. And I can get that. So that's where, hey, if we can prove it to you, let's do it. Even if it's just dropping it in from a static perspective, just dropping it into the CMS, just dropping it into the code, or like I said, playing through a tag manager, like a Google tag manager and dropping it in there. Um, but I also see a lot of sites that just don't know how to write it properly. I've, I've talked with folks that, you know, no structured data and they're kind of going like, I I don't know what I should include in here. I don't know the right markup. I don't know how to structure some stuff. Um, I've seen people that just don't know how to nest it, which like if you're thinking about like a has offer catalog function, which says, hey, here is what we do as a business. Here's the features. Here's the solutions we sell. Some folks don't know the capability of nesting some of those things and how Google sees it. Um, but then there's also those technical limitations too, right? Like you have to make sure that that data is actually available to get marked up. Um, that e-commerce scenario, when we actually did build it out dynamically, the big thing we were able to capitalize on is there was a data layer that was being used for analytics that took all of that information um, for when you were actually tracking the consumer path and basically saying, hey, everything's here. Let's just repurpose that to populate this structured data script. And you know, let's figure out where to fire this in the prioritization so that way the data layer can populate then it takes that information and then it brings it in, but still enough time that Google can see it. Um, or sites that, you know, you're not on a simple CMS, like a, a WordPress type thing. You have to figure out how to dynamically build some of these things. And um, sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's not. And if you are on a platform like a WordPress, there are multiple plugins that can do it for you, but they're often not doing it to the full scale of the, of the capability of that script. Right. Like it's not including all of the information that could be thrown in there. I, I was going to say, like, it's such a catch 22, because especially if you have to fight for dev resources as a marketer, but like you, you want to be able to use those plugins. But even the best of the plugins aren't necessarily reliable. Like you really do have to go to the dev to do it right. I'm curious to what extent, like as an SEO in-house, and you know this is an issue. Like, how would you start to pitch the the proof of concept project to try this out to both yeah. the devs and the C suite? Yeah, and that was the fun thing about being in house for a while and kind of flipping that coin. Is I was able to go from a site that had no structured data when I first joined. We had nothing in place, and the goal was, hey, we're we're replatforming. Let's enhance it. Let's do everything we can. Um, with a brand that already has buy-in on the value of SEO, it makes it a lot easier to have those conversations, which is kind of where I felt that I was. Um, everyone understood the value of SEO and was, hey, how do we do this better? But the other piece too is, hey, I'm technically sitting side by side with the development team. Um, you know, I have full access to our CMS. It's kind of like, hey, can I just drop in this script? Let me manually write something and drop it in. Um, and again, even in a position where we couldn't before the replatforming. Let me try writing this and dropping it in through a tag manager, through something a little bit more dynamic and just as a quick test. And what we started seeing is, you know, I wrote a corporation script. We were a publicly traded company, so corporation allows you to mark up stock ticker along with everything else. I wrote a nice detailed script. Here's everything we do. Here's every solution we offer. Probably was 200 plus lines of JSON and just dropped it in through Google Tag Manager. But then I started seeing the side effect of that, right? We controlled our brand name a little bit more effectively. Uh, we had a lot of subsidiary brands. We were able to start to tie the relationship together there. 
we started owning the knowledge panel results. And, and it was making that proof case of saying like, here's the benefit of doing this. Imagine if we also applied it to this, like our blog posts and doing article markup or to our FAQs. That was a big part of the replatforming is adding the ability to have FAQ content and showing the benefit of like, hey, we mark this up, we do this in structured data, here's the people also ask feature, and we start to see the benefit of having that in there. We see it tangibly in front of us in search results where you know someone's asking that question, we're ranking right there. And we see the benefit of that from a click-through rate perspective and from a traffic perspective as well. It starts to set that foundation. Here's that value that doing this provides to the brand or to the website. It's uh, it's such a good approach, especially the visuals and then ultimately tying that to the revenue, because it's like, yeah, we can talk entity SEO till we're blue in the face and how that can, you know, help us build our topical authority. And to your point, as you mentioned about the knowledge panel and all that, but like something like FAQs, I feel like the C-suite and obviously the revenue, but like, you know, those enhancements that you can actually see matter. How would you prioritize implementing structured data at like an enterprise org? Like, where would you go with that? That's a good question. I think it depends on the type of enterprise org too, right? Like we're talking a retail brand, product schema is by far and away the biggest area of opportunity, especially if you have accurate tracking around your analytics in place. Um, That was the big thing of being able to say, hey, we implemented this, our ranking went from here to here. But in analytics, they were using Google Analytics at the time, being able to say, hey, the side effect of this is we went from seventh or it's yeah, seventh to second. And our traffic for this product went up from here to here, but we're also able to see that revenue impact too, right? We're able to measure here's the number of orders of this product that we received compared to previously. And here's the amount of revenue that drove. Um, then throw in understanding the markup of a product. And saying, oh, well, you know, on this particular product, we make 5%, or on this one, we make 20. And then quantifying, like, here's the actual takeaway that you're getting as a result of doing this. Um, with other sites, it, it, it can depend on what you're trying to do. Um, working with a lead generation site like where I just came from, it was, hey, how do we get people in effectively? How do we get them to understand who we are? Um, we were a brand that, owns many other brands. So you don't always mm. know that name in the industry, right? How do we make ourselves more recognizable? And it was, the, you know, supporting the structured data in that way. That's where corporation became extremely valuable in saying, hey, we also own these other brands. Consider us as a parent organization to this. Um, and then marking up the blog content, the solutions we offer along with that, it started to, to help Google understand the entity. And when you're thinking about EAT and everything that's going on in that realm, you're trying to establish yourself as an authority, right? So by having that structured data that's marking up that information, hey, we are the expert on this topic, it helps to kind of satisfy that area as well. Combined with having good content, having a crawlable site and everything that's going on in the technical realm, it just makes it a lot more digestible for search engines to understand who you are and what you're doing. It it makes a ton of sense. And it's funny because at the same time, schema.org, there's still a lot 
left to be desired in terms of like opportunity of how they can expand. Like I remember back in the day, you know, doing a blog for a SaaS company and just feeling like as, as an average show, like really confused of which schema to use when, where are the gaps in schema.org in your opinion? You know, it's something that Google, I think has started to try and solve, but there's still a lot to address. When, when all of this first started, it seemed like the schema.org library was outpacing what the search engines were capable of understanding. I would start looking at types of markup that were available and going, oh, let me, this is perfectly aligned to the brand I'm working with. Let me write this and let me include these attributes. And I would start getting errors from Google saying like, oh, we don't support that or this field is not a part of that. The hotel example that I worked with before is a perfect case of that. We, st- we were on the cutting edge of adding in amenities and features and everything like that. But Google started reporting in Search Console, hey, we don't support that or the testing tool. And you're sitting there going, but but this is saying it, it is. Like, what's going on there? Um, so it's, it's adjusting that. And Google started to kind of more directly support the types of schema that they have in their own documentation. And by launching the new rich results testing tool and kind of deprecating the legacy testing tool. But the amount of markup that exists in the library on schema.org is still very disparate to what's existing in Google's documentation. Uh, That's the biggest thing to me. Like you start looking at something like pros and cons schema as, as a net new, like this is something that should have been around a long time ago or at least properly valued. Um, so that's the thing is I think there's still a little bit of catching up that needs to happen there, but I think there's more types of schema that will continue to come, let alone expanding out on the value of the ones that are already in market. What, what are some of those? Like if you had to go vertical wise, like, do you think there's a vertical you could see being built out after e-commerce? I think e-commerce is the big focus right now. I think Google's done very good with hotels. Um, I think there's maybe still a little bit of room in the medical arena in terms of either medical informational markup. Um, it, it is a good start and a good foundation there, but I think there's some information on that that could be done. I think there's better clarity around some things with blogs that could be better called out or structured from Google yeah. side um, or things related to like, Recipe markup was a big one that's kind of like, <laughs> I, I, I still understand why that was the first one that was heavily targeted. Like, hey, we have recipe markup. Like, great. I, okay, I, 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 don't, I don't have a cooking site. So what do I do with that? Um, you see, you kind of don't know where they're going to go with it, but I think there's still some good industries that could benefit from that markup. Um, airlines could be a good one too. Like, you know, Google's done great with travel. They've done great with the hospitality and hotel side. Mm-hmm. Travel side from the airline perspective could could be beneficial there, especially as Google, I think, is trying to make a play for the um, travel aggregator services and going after the Expedias and the Travelocities of the world. Yeah. They, I mean, they should, my, my big thought, and I don't know if this will ever happen because it's competitor, but like with social media, I feel like there's a, there's an opportunity there to build out the relationships, even though, you know, Google doesn't want you going to TikTok or Twitter or Facebook or any of these platforms that exist there. I feel yeah. like you could potentially, I mean, that's going to help NCS. Yeah. Dude, this is, this is so good. I, 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 you and I would like geeking out about this stuff. I, I, I am curious what, are some of the common misconceptions that businesses have about structured data? Like, what do they get wrong? 
I think it's understanding what can go in it and just skimming the surface, right? They just kind of think, oh, you know, Google wants logo markup. So I'm just going to give them my logo. There's so much that you're missing with an organization or a corporation markup that goes well beyond that. Like I said, you know, 250 lines of code for a site that I work with, one line of which is the logo. So, you know, when you start to look at Google Search Console and you start to see, hey, these are the structured data types that are being detected on the site, look beyond logo. I think that's the thing is like, there's so much that can be marked up in that space. You're missing out on opportunities to tie in any other brands you own, any other names of your company, um, your social media profiles, Wikipedia, your same as category, your solutions, your knows about, um, company information, how many employees, who works there. You're missing on so many fields and you just kind of focus on that one that Google's reporting about. Yeah, that, I think for, for any, like that's general for any type of business. One other one other category I'm, I'm actually curious about is, and I actually haven't read too much about it, is the publishing industry and like news Opportun- is there even opportunities for structured data? Like, how do you approach yeah. that? Yeah, 100%. I think article markup's a big area of opportunity. Mm. I don't think a lot of folks are using article markup correctly. Um, oh. You know, I've seen some instances where they're just marking up the author, which, hey, is a great start from an EAT perspective. It's better than nothing. But you're not marking up the key information about the article itself. What's the name of it? What's the description? You can include article body that is an actual element. You could technically, in theory, mark up the entire article. Um, the publication dates, the editing dates, of course, adding in the author information. There's so many areas there, and some publication sites do this very well, and a lot don't. Um, it is kind of a big area of opportunity for me of sites that could be doing that better. Do you do you think that's like a top stories benefit to have schema markup? If if like I don't know if anyone's done any studies on it, I'd be curious to see if a publication is more likely to have a top story with like based on structured data at all, or if it's purely content and their you know authority. I hate to be the cheesy SEO and say it depends. Um, <laughs> It wouldn't be this podcast if you didn't. <laughs> I don't I don't know if there's a specific study on it. That would be interesting to kind of drill into, but I could kind of see some scenarios where maybe marking up the content could possibly offset some technical limitations of your site of your platform. Um, you know, there's definitely structured data markup for content that exists behind a paywall. And that's a factor in there as well. I don't know if there's a specific study that says, hey, you know, doing this gives you better and better opportunity in the top stories perspective. But in theory, SEO kind of boils down to, hey, make your site as easy as possible for search engines to find, crawl, understand, index, and rank your content. And if you kind of looking at it from that perspective going, oh, well, if I'm, if I'm doing structured data and I'm doing all these other things from a technical perspective and from a non-site perspective, it should provide a better experience for crawlers in that sense and should offer a better opportunity to rank within that realm. Um, whether it's actually the case, I think it's still debatable. Yeah, it's, it's funny. It's like, it makes sense that anything that saves Google resources would ultimately be rewarded. And yet, obviously, they're still working so hard to be able to pull information without any structured data. 
Um, oh, Zach, yeah. if someone is like in their org right now and they don't even know where they are with structured data, but they're an SEO, what's like one thing they should take away from, from this podcast in terms of the schema? I think it kind of boils down to understanding what's already on your site. Use the Google Search Console reports, but use those resources that are available to you. Beyond Search Console, the Google documentation around structured data gives great examples of what can be done along with what's on schema.org. Both of them have example scripts of various different types and forms. If you're trying to write something or structure something, don't be afraid of starting from that information or that resource that's available to you. Um, that's how I learned how to write schema from a um, JSON LD perspective is basically looking at example scripts going, oh, okay, I can I can incorporate that here, or I can nest these things, or I can do all this. And, you know, I'm able to be a little bit more advanced with what I'm including in my markup now, because I'm looking at every piece of information available, but I'm understanding that library, what's, what's available to me as an SEO, and saying, hey, these are the things that I can include. I'm going to include every possible piece of information I can get my hands on, and mark it up within this script. It's great advice. And honestly, it's like, you have to think like a developer. You don't need to reinvent the wheel. You just need to do it the way it needs to be done. And obviously, if you know all the rules, then you can start to break the rules or at least know how to test when to break the rules. Yeah, and use those testing tools that Google offers you. I mean, besides Search Console actually giving you an error, you can test code ahead of time through the rich results test or, and I'm still a big fan of this, you know, if it's the uh, questionable SEO opinion of the day. I love the older structured data testing tool. Um, so I will occasionally leverage both. You can get a little bit of different information sometimes. Um, but even checking something as quick as like, do I have a syntax error? Did I close this nested field? Did I add a comma? Um, you know, that can go a long way towards of preventing any information going on to the site that could cause a problem. I mean, keep in mind, Google can penalize you for bad, incorrect, broken structured data. So you don't want to add something to the site that can make it worse when you could take five seconds and just drop the code in and test it, see if it's going to work. I mean, that's, that's always the best advice. Always be te- ABT, always be testing, but always either way, testing. I mean, that, I mean, that's something we do here anyway, at Ipol rank. It's like, if someone wants to figure out, even putting in the process, it's like, that's something that you and Mike and the whole team do. Are you, are you ready for some rapid fire ranking, sir? Let's do it. Okay. Let's cue the music. We're going to do it. We're going to do the rapid fire rankings. Here we go. Okay, start off super general. Zach, rank your top three of something, anything that you love. Um, I guess I'll go with TV shows. So, you know, this is always obviously a debatable question for anyone, but for me, (laughs) um, my top show of all time has been The Sopranos. I am a big uh, mafia guy, understanding that. Fair movie growing up was The Godfather. Um, you know, I work with uh, Jacob Stoops, also in the SEO industry for a long time, who runs uh, a podcast in that arena. So The Sopranos has always been one of my favorite shows. I'm also a big fan right now. I guess number two is Succession on HBO. I think that show is fantastic. Um, so far, you know, if it's taken this a wrong step, it's been very minor. So I've been really enjoying that. Um, but number three for me, and, and I'm, I'm a sucker because I'm a car guy, too, is either you know, Top Gear or the Grand Tour, depending on when 
the hosts made a switch, right? Because the folks that used to be on Top Gear went to the Grand Tour. So me being a big automotive gearhead type guy, um, I love that that content as poor or you know, as fake as it may be in the sense of like, hey, this isn't authentic. It's still something I can sit down and watch a couple times or be great background noise. And and I know you're a gearhead fan, uh, basically because the the dude here started an F1 Slack channel at iPol Rank, so which actually surfaced some other people you didn't know were into cars. Okay, rank your best SEO slash marketing win. Ooh, um, I, I think getting a site to implement product schema and being able to prove the value of it by just taking that and testing it um, for the sake of giving something new. I am a big proponent of preventing preventative maintenance when it comes to SEO, right? So, you know, looking for things that break when code releases, when site launches go live. Um, I have saved multiple Fortune 500 companies from, you know, shooting themselves in the foot because they push code live with a robots.txt file that disallowed the entire site or a no index tag that got injected in. Um, so, I, you know, I've, I've saved a couple Fortune 500 brands from having to claw back from losing everything by the, you know, one keystroke. Speaking of which, plug for the webinar, Black Friday SEO uh, replay. Definitely check that out because Zach talks all about code freezes and how important that is going into the holiday. Rank yeah. your top three SEO tools. Ooh, um, Screaming Frog has to be number one for me. I have been using that as long as I've been in the industry. Uh, I've always had a paid subscription to it in one way or another. Uh, everything that Dan and team are doing over there is always great to see, along with even the log file analyzer side of things as well. I'm a very data and analytical type person, and as many crawlers that are out there that you know visualize something better, I love the raw data that's available to me and being able to just quickly navigate through that platform. Um, I would put Botify at number two. I think they're doing some amazing things. It's a really effective tool. Um, it's something I haven't had a ton of opportunity to play with earlier on in my career, but over the last like year or two getting the opportunity to play with, it is an extremely still underrated tool in the industry, in my opinion. Um, and I would have to say Ahrefs is number three for me. I, I for a long time, was a, a SEMrush bandwagon or SEMrush or pick your poison, how you want to <laughs> actually say it. Um, same thing with Ahrefs, I suppose. But I've been a big fan of the data that's available there. I mean, one of my first jobs actually fully working in the industry was cleaning up penalties for some sites that had come in. And I was a big fan of the data that was available in Ahrefs. And it's just been built up so much over the years. Um, I think everything the team is doing over there, along with bringing in some great folks in the industry to, to advise them, uh, has been extremely great. Such great tools. And oh, correction, contrary to popular opinion, actually SE Reaming Frog. Uh, I know everyone says Screaming Frog. It's actually SE Reaming Frog. Okay, rank your best SEO trick or tactic. I would say maximizing schema. I know it's, it's getting a little bit repetitive in terms of this conversation, but just with so many people not doing it to its full potential, there's so much there um that's just not being taken advantage of and it's it's not hard to be better than the competitors in that space i'll give another quick example i worked with a home builder for a period of time of the 10 people that they were going up against from a competitor standpoint none of them had schema so you're sitting there going okay well if i'm lacking in one area but i'm doing this i'm better than the other 10 and i'm making my content more accessible to search engines as a result of it 
I love how it's all connected. The dude loves schema. Okay, so what what do you love most about SEO? And you're not allowed to say schema. Okay, <laughs> that's fair. Um, I love that it's constantly changing. So for me, you know, I come from a family where my dad was in marketing, did print advertising for his entire career. Um, my mom was in finance in some way, shape and form, mostly financial systems. There's so much repetitiveness that I, I saw within that growing up. And you're kind of doing a lot of the same thing day in and day out. You know, you have a quarterly close, you're working through all the data. Cool. With SEO, it's at least constantly changing. As much as, you know, SEO is like, thanks Google for <laughs> throwing out an algorithm update on an algorithm update. And that's the stuff that keeps me interested in it, right? Because there's so much opportunity to pivot, to change, to be on top of other competitors. Um, so for me, it's always been great to know like, hey, I'm not living Groundhog's Day. I can wake up every morning and more than likely I'm, I might see something I've never seen before. And for as long as I've been in the industry, at least being able to like play with something different or look at it, um, that's what's kept me interested in it. And you always see different conversations of what's going on in SEO Twitter world or the news sites and just kind of going like, oh, that's interesting. Like I haven't seen that one in a while or that's net, that's net new to me. Um, even since I've joined iPool Rank, I've seen some stuff like I've never seen that one before. That's really fascinating and being able to drill into it. That's why I love our conversations because it's so fun to talk about and pay attention to. Rank your best learning SEO resource. Ooh, um, I always hesitate saying SEO Twitter, but there are a lot of great conversations that happen there. Uh, there's a lot of folks that are very uh, conversational in the industry. I'm also part of some various Slack groups. So there's a tech SEO Slack group um, that I'm a part of. I am part of some local organizations here in Atlanta. Shout out ATL SEO to join in. Uh, reach out to me if you are interested in that and you're in the area. Um, but also, of course, the news sites too. You know, I was, I'm gonna say growing up in SEO, like I was a big fan of everything that was going on with like SEO by the sea. And I've always been big into Search Engine Roundtable and everything that's going on on that side with Barry, Search Engine Land. Um, you know, there's a lot of great content out there and balancing all of that and being able to learn from others has been great. I, I love that. And I'm with you. I love reading all that stuff, especially, you know, uh, Bill's blog. It's sad that there won't be another one. Speaking of, uh, rank the top one to three SEO or marketers that you most look up to. I, I mean, I think you just said it. Bill has been number one for me for a long time. Um, you know, first getting into the industry, I was a big fan of what he was doing from evaluating the patents and everything that was kind of going on on the Google side and being able to say like, here's maybe some things coming down the pipeline. Um, I got the opportunity to meet Bill in person a couple of years ago at PubCon and I had some great conversations with him. I've always looked up to him within the industry. I'm really sad that he's no longer with us. Um, I'm glad to see that his work continues to live on, at least in the form of the site being preserved. But yeah, I mean, that was probably my number one. Um, number two for me is, I, I would say Jeff Luella. Um, you know, some folks might know him. He's yeah. big in the tech SEO community. Uh, he's also the tech SEO on, online. Um, but he joined Search Discovery maybe a year or so after I did. And that's where I really was able to start bouncing ideas off of someone sitting next to me and start playing with those and experimenting and kind of talking through things. And I learned a lot from him. I mean, he had a ton of experience coming in to that role. Um, for me, I was, I think I just was became an SEO manager. I was maybe 
four or five years into my career, but I was still learning things on a day-to-day basis from him, and I really admired that. Um, honestly, the whole team I work with, the Search Discovery, I'll, I'll shout out also, you know, uh, John Sherry, who hired me there, um, Wade Saunders, Jake Stoops, um, even Jordan Silton, uh, when I work with him, I, he left a little earlier on in my career. All folks I learned from a lot within that role, and I very much admired. Um, I would say number three, though, in all honesty, was my most recent boss when I was at Global Payments, and it's Sarah Lander. Um, her mind from a marketing perspective, not just SEO, but just overall marketing. She was in charge of demand generation, marketing automation, the website technical side of things, overseeing me on the SEO paid and analytics perspective. Her mind from a marketing standpoint was phenomenal to just kind of get some insight into and learn from her and see her as a mentor and see how she was able to elevate things um, during my time there. So I'm, I'm thankful I had the opportunity to work with her. Um, I'm really excited now to be working with Mike here at iPull Rank. I've admired Mike for a long time. I'm just trying to avoid throwing him in my top three for the sake of being a little <laughs> biased. Um, but I, I do have to give a shout out to Mike King. I mean, you know, I've, I've followed Mike for many years now. I remember seeing him speak at Digital Summit Atlanta, and this might have been 2016, 2017. Um, and being able to follow the cool things that he was doing since then was was great to see as well. I mean, that that's another thing not to not to not to gloat, humble brag, but we have this SEO engineers Slack chat in in channel in in our Slack as well, and and it's fun to be able to throw out these these conversations with you and him and John Merch and and be able to just kind of geek out over over SEO. I appreciate that. So finally, um, rank your number one cause or charity that you want to promote. I have always been very passionate about Habitat for Humanity. Um, That has meant a lot to me. Um, I was never in the position, thankfully, of needing to, you know, capitalize on those services. But, you know, growing up, I always enjoyed helping out in that. I mean, there was a summer where I just worked in the the local restore and just helped them in that realm. Um, And I've, you know, always been a big admirer of that charity. Uh, I also, I guess, give a shout out to Atlanta Food Bank. Um, that's something where I volunteered with them in the past as well before, but it's always great to see what they're doing for the community as well and trying to help it. So, you know, hunger is not something that someone has to worry about every day. Great, great causes. I remember I did Habitat for Humanity back in the day in high school and I should, should find my local chapter. Zach, dude, I mean, we got to have you back on. It's just really fun conversation. Maybe we'll just start doing yeah. like video chat with Zach every, every week. Cause obviously, as you guys can tell, it's great content. Um, if someone wants to find you online, what's, what's the best way? Oh, um, Twitter's probably the best way at, at Zach Chahelis on Twitter. Um, you know, I'm also readily available on LinkedIn. Feel free to connect with me there. Uh, Instagram, I, at, at Zeke Chihalis, I post pictures of my dog and other stuff I'm doing. Um, I'm also big into collecting watches. And, and like I said, I'm a car guy. So um, GA underscore watches underscore and underscore wheels on <laughs> Instagram is actually a page I've been trying to get going a little bit more recently. Uh, so, you know, feel free to check me out there if that's something that appeals to you. There you go. So support Zach on Instagram and and hang out with him. He he's he's all over the place and obviously here at iPull Rank. Thank you so much for being my my guest and talking schema with me. I love this. Yeah. Thank you. My for name, me. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, it's been awesome. My name is Garrett Sussman of iPull Rank Agency. This has been another episode of Rankable. We will catch you next week. Peace out. Uh-huh.